you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waits, the Fearless Business Coach. I've got an incredibly esteemed guest on the show today in Tom Matson. He started no less than 87 businesses, which I'm excited to hear about each and every one of them. No, I'm joking, Tom. Um, we're going to learn. We're definitely going to get one some of a 30 part series. Welcome, Robin. <laughs> hey, why not? Maybe you should, that's an episode per business. That could be an interesting podcast, couldn't it? It could be a whole podcast at the rate I go. <laughs> Uh, weekly podcast that never stops <laughs> <laughs> the podcast that yeah, never stops giving hmm. awesome Tom, hey, there's real- a lot of lessons learned in some of those it would probably make for a race amazing podcast i probably have so many scars though i don't know if i can recall all the details so that'll uh, be we, are we gonna have to get a therapist maybe you need to co-host it with a therapist Yes, yes, and a sofa or a couch, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I can already tell this is going to be a great episode, Tom. Um, listen, we're going to dive straight in um, and uh, talk about, so you, you have a, a process which you teach your um, clients, your partners around something called strategic risk reversal. So we're going to hopefully go quite deep on that because I know that some of your clients have got great results with it. So first of all, explain what strategic risk risk reversal is for the layman uh, and then what we can do with it. Well, and the best way to do that is to tell a quick story where I saw the power of this. Um, I was a young marketing consultant and I had uh, been working part-time consulting full-time with Dale Carnegie teaching and selling. And I had a client that was in the locksmith business and I had just attended a workshop from the top locksmith training, uh, sorry, the top yellow page coach for you kids out there. That's a book that used to represent the internet. <laughs> where you can actually look up businesses. It was done by city. Uh, and I know like literally there's whole generations of people who don't know what yellow pages are. And I, but back, back in the day, BG, before Google, that's how you found businesses were in the yellow pages. And I just had a, a workshop by the top yellow page consultant in the world. He was from Australia. He'd come to Calgary where I lived at the time. And his entire example was a locksmith, the whole workshop long. It was amazing. I was like, oh my God, I got this presentation in a week. It's fantastic. So I knew I had this nail. I knew I had the best of the best from the best in the world on how to help this guy out. So I put it all together and then it came to pricing it. And I'm sure like many people tuning in, like, how do you price your services? I mean, now I know there are nine different pricing strategies, nine different models. Back then it was, what do I want to make? <laughs> that was my pricing strategy. What do I want to make? I don't know. What do I want to make? But I knew this, this guy was a, was a, a more experienced, older businessman. He was probably younger than I am today. He was an old guy to me back then. And I knew he'd grind me. At least I had this impression. It was in Calgary and Calgary has more, American citizens than any city outside of America. Um, A little trivia, at least it did back then with the oil and gas business. And so in my mind's eye, he's a Southerner with a heavy Southern accent. So I knew he was going to grind me like this is just part of his culture. So I thought, okay, well, I want to make this. So I'm going to ask for double. And that way he can negotiate me down and I still get what I want. Okay. So I put it all together, put my proposal in, came in, presented everything and went through all the stuff. And he goes, son, 
you think it's going to work? I go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Believe, sir. Absolutely. I think, but I've done it. He goes, tell you what, I'll pay you double if it does and nothing if it don't. Now, this was double my double, Robin. This was four times what I knew I could be happy with and I knew it was going to work. I, I said, well, you're on, sir. And we shook hands and the deal was done. And in this particular case, the Yellow Pages renewal was coming up. That's why we planned the call. And so three months later, the Yellow Page comes out. 30 days after that, I get a phone call. Gruff guy. Tom, we're going to talk. Come on down. I'm like, oh, geez, what happened? This is terrible. What like it was like I was like in my mind as I'm driving down, I'm going, what did I do wrong? What did I miss? <clears throat> I know I had a good call to action. I know I had a good headline. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. But I knew I was in trouble. So I come in, we sit down, he reaches across, he goes, Here's your check, son. He was ecstatic. He was just being gruff. That's just his approach. And I think he was playing me a little bit, to be fair. But he was like ecstatic. He was happier than any client I'd ever had as a consultant at that point. And he was paying me four times what I wanted. And I realized in that moment that if you can guarantee results, if you can shift the risk off of your prospect's shoulders and put it on your shoulders, which is why it's called risk reversal. My mentor, Jay Abraham, taught me that. You're reversing the risk. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Now, to be fair, I don't do 100% risk reversal on most things anymore because I've learned people don't always listen if they don't have some skin in the game. So, you know, typically it's half up front, half at the end. In our case, with our high-ticket programs, it'll be a quarter up front and all the rest linked to results. But either way, by building in strategic risk reversal, and we'll go through all the elements of that with everyone today, you will absolutely massively increase the amount of money you make, massively increase the amount of impact you bring to the market, and make it so much easier to sell. And that was a great lesson I learned. I was 23 at the time, and it's literally made me millions over the years. Well, we, we talk a lot about in fearless business, you know, and, and it comes to pricing, but I always ask the question, could you put 100% money back guarantee on the service which you offer? And when somebody kind of shakes their head and go, oh, no, I'm like, great. Well, you don't have confidence in your product. So it's not about, you know, selling this thing. That's not the issue. It's not about marketing this thing. It's actually about your own confidence and your ability to deliver. And how do, you, how do you expect to be able to sell something if you don't have every confidence in it? So then we get to work on, well, how do we get you to a point whereby you've got, you know, every confidence in your product or service that you're selling in order to get there? Yeah, love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what a great question for everyone listening in to just say, could I, would I offer 100% money back guarantee? And here's the cool part. If you, when, when, when you get to the point where you can answer that, yes, you not only can charge more, I believe you have a moral responsibility to charge more. Because here's well, the I thing, to, in a free society, we value what we pay for. We 100%. value what we pay for. Now, should we? No, of course not. Someone's free coaching that they give you an hour should be valued just as much as my $2,500 an hour rate. It should be valued exactly the same or my mentor's $100,000 a day rate, Jay, uh, right? It should be valued the same. But guess what? We don't. In a free society, we value what we pay for. So you not only can charge more, I believe you have a moral obligation. And part of the reason is, if you're believing in doing good in the world, if you've got more money, you can do more good. 
100 right? you, you can, can always help more people can't you you can help more people you can donate more you can do more free scholarships this year we gave away three and a half million dollars worth of scholarships we couldn't do that if we weren't making money you <laughs> couldn't do that at all. We'd be lucky to give away a hundred thousand dollars worth of scholarships if we were struggling every single day. Right. So it, it's a tremendous advantage. And, and if you, if you build strategic risk reversal in, and everyone should do it on everything they sell, or frankly, they shouldn't sell it, which is kind of what you said, right? Yeah. If you're, if you can't guarantee it, then don't even offer it until you fix that problem. Right. Absolutely. And I, I, it's really interesting when you kind of dig into it for a lot of people as well, you know, because at that point, the service provider's got skin in the game. And like for me as a, as a coach, you know, and I make this offer to my, my clients as well, you know, it's the one thing that keeps me awake at night is client results now. Because I want to totally. protect their investment totally. for obvious reasons. Our high-end programs, uh, we guarantee a million in sales. And they're $100,000 programs. And typically they pay $12,500 or $25,000 to start. And everything else is linked to results. Well, guess what? Our outcomes are aligned. We're going to work as hard, if not harder, than our clients to get them there because our outcomes are aligned. As I sit here today, we have about $5.2 in, we call it receivables, internally. Technically, it's not a receivable because if they don't get the result, they don't owe us a dime. But we consider it a receivable because we want to get them the result. And so we expect to get it. That's a lot in a business our size. And so we're totally committed. We're constantly adding and new elements and new ways of supporting and new systems. And we just rolled out an entire new, we do 12 coaching calls a month for most of our programs on different topics. And so people can pick and choose which ones they go in on. We just added another six brand new categories, brand new additions. One tactical, one strategic. Guess what? We don't care. We're going to keep on adding like whatever it takes to build in enough redundancy that our clients get across the finish line. And I'm sure there's some coaches sitting out there going, yeah, but I can't guarantee my clients don't, if they listen, I can't guarantee that. We'll get into that when we go through the model. But from a top level point of view, it's an absolute game changer. You'll love it. Well, let's, let's get into it then. I mean, you mentioned there are several, several kind of steps to start. To six steps. That, yeah. Six that, steps. That risk reversal. So that's, you're happy to walk, walk us through the six steps. Totally. First one, identify the biggest risk prospects face when working with you. This is the heart of it. What's the biggest risk? It might be time, might be money, but it might be something else. It might be something else. People usually think it's money and that's, it's always money is a risk, but is it the biggest risk? I'll give you an example. If, if you're a, a, a happily married man and you're, you buy a $20,000 program without consulting with your wife and it completely sucks and you put it on a credit card and she didn't know it, what's the risk you face? Well, uh, sleeping I'd on the couch. I'd like to think that she wouldn't divorce, divorce me. Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. no, but if, it's a, if you guys have agreed to uh, share financial decisions mutually, and you did it without that, you could literally have divorce. I mean, it could literally cause divorce, so, but it could also just be a few nights on the couch, right? I mean, it, there's a whole range of risk, none of which have anything directly to do with money or time. Uh, there was an old adage in the computer world, IBM was known as an acronym. The competitors called it inferior, but marketable. IBM, <laughs> inferior, but marketable. That's what the competition said. But here's the thing, if you're in a corporation, you never got fired for hiring IBM. You could get fired for hiring Joe from the garage down the street for your computer system. 
right? If it didn't work out, it's like, what are you doing hiring that guy? Like, are you kidding? So, so the first step is to identify all the risks they face when they work with you and time and money are part of that, but just part of the mix. Make sense so far? Yep. hundred percent. Absolutely. Second, you then say, okay, what's the biggest, boldest possible guarantee I could come up with? So far, you're just using your right brain creative side, right? We'll get to the left brain logic side for you analytics. Hang in there. Hang in there. <laughs> First, you want to brainstorm, like figure out what's the biggest, boldest thing. I'll give you an example. A realtor, I was teaching this strategy to several years ago, and uh, she was uh, <coughs> new to selling real estate, but had been a real estate secretary for years. And in her words, saw all these crazy men overpromising, ripping off their clients and said, I can do so much better by just being honest. And so she got into real estate and her sales took off, like right from scratch. She was breaking all sorts of records. So she loved this idea, loved this idea. Unbeknownst to me, we were, this was a Saturday night and we were splitting this workshop over two days. And so we just started this first question and the rest we're going to deal with on Sunday. And she, as she drove, she told me later, as she drove to her listing presentation that night, she booked a presentation right after the session. She said, okay, what's the boldest possible thing I could offer this guy? And in real estate, residential real estate, it's typically double ending a deal is your best transaction. Meaning I help you sell your home and I help you buy the new one, right? Yeah. Double ending a deal, they call it inside. So she said, okay, that's what I want. What's the risk? Well, that's easy. The risk is that his house doesn't sell before he started to pay in the next one, <laughs> right? Like paying two mortgages. So she said, I will sell your primary house. If you do both houses with me for 95% or more of the list price within 30 days or less, or I'll pay the mortgage on that until it sells. Like this crazy oh. offer. She got the listing that night on the spot. She made 65,000 on the transactions selling each side of it. What I didn't know was she only took listings that were fair and she averaged 21 days to sell because she only took fair listings. So it was really easy to sell because she wouldn't take these. What the young guys would do is promise someone, oh, I get you a million too, Rob. I get you a million too easy. And it was worth a million. And then they would 60, 90 days later, come back saying, ah, oh, Robin, I tried really hard. And we have to lower the price, man. And they have to lower the price. They have to lower the price. Then they get it for a million. Six months later, meanwhile, you're all frustrated. It's taken six months, right? You, you get the game. Yeah. So she didn't play those games. So as a result, she could do that. So for the people listening in, think of the boldest possible guarantee you can create. And by the way, money back is not often the biggest, boldest possible guarantee. Right? We were in the golf training center business uh, several years ago. And we had golf lessons and we guaranteed an amazing reduction in handicap for you golfers out there. It was a 25% reduction in handicap in one course, which is like two to five years training. It was like crazy. In fact, it was, it used to be 40%. We tested it. No one would believe it. So we lowered it to 25%. And what we found though, was nobody wanted their money back. The guarantee, they didn't want their money back. They wanted the result. They wanted the result. So the guarantee there was a very low level guarantee we'll, or we'll keep working with you until you get the result for free. And it worked like crazy. I need, I, this is a, a, sh a shameless plug for me. So is the, the blue book, which is slightly blurred behind me, take your shot. Did you know that that was about a golf pro called Russ? And one of the products that we created for him was to reduce his, um, for his clients, reduce their handicap by 10 shots. 
over an eight-week program or the Love money it. back. So Love he was one it. of my first coaching clients. How did you know that? How did you know about that story? I did not know that. But here's the thing. I do know this, that if he now adjusts it and says, oh, I'll work with you until you get that, he'll sell more. Yeah, 100%. It was amazing. The money back was good. But the, or I'll keep working with you for free until you get it was way better. And you know this, it's if exactly you work with golfers, did. they're kind of nuts. They're kind of nuts. <laughs> well, it was, it was based on, because um, one of his clients came to him and um, he said, um, he said, I don't care how we do it, but I've got a, a new job, which I'm starting, which is uh, in front of in, um, a two and a half thousand person business. I, they put me in charge of sales. My first assignment is to go and play golf with the CEO. All I want to do is outdrive him and do it dead center so that he notices me. Can we do that? And I'm, I'm, I'm doing that in five weeks time. So that became my first product. <laughs> love it. Love it. Ego is a wonderful thing, isn't it? <laughs> so number two, biggest, boldest possible guarantee you can think of. And, and by the way, this still applies today for us. We're working on a new program where we're going to guarantee 10 million in sales in three years. Like it's even outside our comfort zone to come up with that. And we're going to take the following process, the next six steps, and we're doing it ourselves on that. So you come up with your big bowl guarantee. Then the next step, and this is, you know, what a surprise. This is the work stage. You figure out how to deliver on that bold guarantee. If you know already, fantastic. But if you don't know, you're going to have to work on this and you're going to have to talk to guys like Robin or me or other people, professionals who've delivered to say, okay, I want to guarantee this. How do I do that? How do I do that? How do I do that? And, 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 and it relates to number four. There's a secret sauce I'm going to share with you in a second. But this, this stage takes time. This is not always solved in a brainstorming session with half an hour. If you know what you're doing and you've done this already, just never priced it this way, you've already got the answer. So you can just go ahead and just charge more and put the guarantee in and you'll sell way more. Our experience is you get nine times as many people raising their hand to work with you, but because you're going to screen them better, because you're going to make darn sure they're a good fit, you're going to get about three times as many customers using this approach. So nine times the prospects, three times the customers, everybody wins. So if you know this already, congratulations, good for you, you're a pro. But if you don't know it and there's some work required or if you're scared or you're worried about, yeah, but I only coach people, I can't guarantee if they produce results. Well, guess what? You can. It's called skills, accountability, and mentorship. The difference between a course and a program is that. A course, you know, Tony Robbins told me 97% of the courses he sells, people don't even finish. They don't even finish them. And that's people in Tony Robbins' world. And if, you, if you've ever met a Tony Robbins acolyte, they're kind of motivated, right? They're kind of high energy. And only 3% of that crowd finishes. So pro, courses are not the way to get results. Courses are not the way to get results. You need the information, sure. But what you really need is skills, accountability, and mentorship wrapped around the information if you want to guarantee results. By comparison, Wendy Lipton Dibner, I call her the queen of impact, she gets, Robin, are you ready for this? 93% completion of her programs. The highest industry average I've seen, 93%. And, you know, what's the difference between three and 93? In her case, 18 different strategies layered in around skills, accountability, and mentorship. Yeah. Right? So it's work. I'm not pretending it's not work, but you, you can figure out how to do this. 
Almost always, though, if you've never done it, you need help. You need to be able to bounce ideas off of your clients, off of past clients, off of mentors, off of advisors. You, someone that's been there before you will just make it easier for you to figure out. And, and you know, I don't do one-on-one coaching hardly ever. You don't want to hire me to do that for you. But people like me who do it all the time have figured out how to do that. And the secret is really this very next step. But before I go there, any questions on number three, how to uh, deliver, figure out how to deliver, Rob? No, I mean, one, one of the things which I heard, especially from step two and what you've just reiterated there is about that um, sort of being very clear on who your, ta- your ideal client is and um, making sure that you assess and qualify them properly before you actually take them on as clients. So that real yes. estate um, lady you talked about, you know, she knew exactly who her, her ideal client was, what sort of property it was that she was selling and, and the average time it takes to sell it. Um, and provided they fit within that nation, she probably had to turn away a dance like more customers than she took on. But that was probably, I would say, one of the biggest secrets to her success. Yeah. And within 90 days of that workshop, she was number one in her office and never gave it up. Never gave it up. Like number one, boom. Because she, you're absolutely right. She stopped playing the game that everyone, I live in Vancouver, real estate prices go crazy all the time. You know, a, a flat, a, a down market is they only grow 10%. <laughs> it's like, it's like one of the most expensive markets in the world to live in. And, uh, you know, a tear down home, a tear down home that you wouldn't live in is 1.2 million. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So, but what happens because of that is these realtors, especially the young guys, like BS and, and, and over promise. And she wouldn't do that. So you're right. She made sure say, well, listen, I could tell you, I'm going to get 1.4, but you're only going to get 1.3 for this house in this stage of repair and where it's at. Now, if you want to fix up your kitchen, if you want to do this, you want to do this, then we can get you 1.4, maybe 1.5. And that's what she would actually coach them. Like, okay, if you want to get that price, you have to be worth it. Yeah. So she wouldn't lie to them. Well, guess what? Huge trusts. People loved her because they would, I mean, that's a, that's an industry filled with 20% that are awesome and 80% that are struggling. Yeah. <laughs> Many industries have ratios like that. The real estate world's at least 20, 80, sometimes 10, 90, right? So now step number four, here's the magic sauce. If you're taking notes, you're going to jot this down and you rag your plan, A-N-U-R-A-G. And you're going to go, what the heck is anurag mean? I'm going to tell you. Anurag, I call it that because I learned it from Anurag Gupta from the Difference Engine. He works with companies, check this out, Robin, that do 10 million a year and get them to a billion with a B and has a 100% success rate. Now, to be fair, if you don't listen to him, he fires your butt. And so not 100% of the clients that start with him get there, but 100% that stick with him and listen, get there. And his first big win was Lululemon, the yoga clothing store. Chip Wilson was his personal coach from store one to a billion dollars. And he uses this approach with every one of his clients. And I'm going to say it pretty quick because of the nature of the interview that we're on. But if you want to dig into this, anyone tuning in, reach out to us and we'll get you a deep dive masterclass where we go into this in more detail. But essentially what you want to do is build in multiple layers of redundancy. So specifically, if your goal is, you know, like most of our programs, our goal is to add a quarter million or a million in sales. So let's take the million dollar mark. Okay. If you want to add an extra million as a business coach to your business, we actually don't play for a million. We play for 2 million. So the first thing you do is you double your goal. Then you create three separate or redundant strategies to get to 2 million. 
completely separate strategies. Yeah. Okay. So now you're playing for 6 million. Now for the math challenge out there, Robin, what is that? What is six compared to one? Six times the amount. Six times. Yep. So if you think about the last major goal you set, did you get one sixth of the way there? I've asked thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs that question. And almost all of them will come up with 20%, 40%, 50%, 75%. Hardly any come up with 100% of their goal. Hardly any. But almost everyone is above 20% or above. Yeah. And well, one sixth is roughly 18, which means just with that change, every goal you set, you can make. Well, guess what? You can annuarag your fulfillment for your clients. Same exact way. Same exact strategy we do with our clients, you can do with yours. So if you're going to help them get 10 new clients, let's say go solopreneur and they're, you know, very basic goal, 10 new clients. Well, plan for, sell them on 10, but plan for 20 and then come up with three ways to get 20. And now your goal is to get them 60 and you're going to blow through 10 on the way there. Nice. I love it. All right. Now the next part is fearless is all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then now here's the big fearless. And then you want to link your payments to those results. So in our world, we recommend 25% upfront, 25% when you're, when you have a win and can self-finance and the other 50% at the home run at the end. Like we're bold about this. We're really bold. We're fearless about this. And you know what? It makes it so much easier so much simpler. If you can say, you know, Robin, I'm so confident I can add a million in sales that 75% of your fee is linked to that result. And it's sole discretion of the client, no fine print. Yeah. Which is how we do it. And people are like, what? You guarantee that? Yeah. No one guarantees it. So what we do. So do our clients actually in our world. <laughs> we say that too. So we do and our clients do. Because it's way easier for our clients to get results when we teach them this strategy as well. And then the last step is test and measure, test and measure, test and measure, test and measure. You still want to always test and measure. That's why I know about the golf thing, because we would test and measure that. We found 40% was too unbelievable. We could deliver 40%, but they didn't believe us. So we lowered it to 25%. Now they believed us. They were still nervous, but they believed it was possible. So you want to test and measure whatever you come up with on a regular basis. And the good news is that's easy because you just have a conversation. So if I were to do this and I were to do this, what would you think? Holy cow, I love that idea. Okay, thank you. <laughs> they're, they're measuring, <laughs> right? It doesn't have to be super complicated. You're not hiring a research firm here. You're just asking ideal prospects. The key is ideal prospects. If you don't know this and you're tuning in, don't do market research with friends or advisors or buddies or people in a Facebook group randomly. I see this all the time. Asking for advice in a Facebook group and you don't know whether they're in your target audience or not. That is exactly the same as going to a roulette table and betting with your eyes shut. You have no idea if it's a good bet. You have literally no idea. So make sure it's your ideal prospect you're talking to and not your existing client because they love you too much. Chances are they're biased. They might give you some initial feedback, but you want to test this on live breathing prospects who you, could you say, me, oh my um, God, Robin, yes, here's my card. Let's go. You, you've just brought up some some vacant memories there from me about when I first set up my, well, I set up my first business at home. Um, and I was still living at home at that point, living with mum and dad. And I'd had a particularly stressful day with a client. 
and and mum walks in and she goes, oh, Robin, you should probably just go and get a proper job. And I was like, that gets to the heart. And I was like, you're not my target audience. You don't know about my business. <laughs> yeah. But it's a similar thing. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, so how, how did you, I mean, you've obviously got plenty of experience. You've got this, um, the, the six steps and thank you for sharing those with us. It's, it's incredibly generous of you. And, um, hopefully we'll be able to find a way to document that for anybody who's kind of listening as well, if they didn't catch all the notes, but you've run seven, 87 businesses. What would you say is kind of the, the highlight reel from that? And what, what did you take from that experience and bring into your business that you're running now? Well, there were three phases. So the, the first phase, I was helping bricks and mortar businesses start their local business. And, you know, this would be 50, 80, 100, $150,000 to start a cafe or a restaurant or a retail shop, um, you know, a whole bunch of different areas. And I did it for over a decade and I loved it. Um, and what I found that you can take to today's world is when someone asks you to invest five grand in a marketing strategy, and you think, oh my God, that's a lot of money. Uh, no, not compared to a restaurant or a coffee shop even. <laughs> like today, there's so many people make decisions and they think, oh, it's so much money to test with that. It's like, well, not compared to a real business. You know, Brian Kurtz, direct response marketing guy, right? He's done over a billion direct mail pieces. And in his book, Over Deliver, he says, I wish there was a tax on every email sent of one penny yeah, because there'd be less garbage spam in the world. And I'm not an advocate of government taxing, but I am an advocate of you thinking every time you send an email, you're paying a penny for every person that gets it. So you put some care into it and some attention into it and see what's there. So that was the first era was just appreciating real capital, real risk uh, in doing that. I also got very, very good at getting results quickly for businesses that apply to online businesses just as well, but they were, they were done in a situation where they would call me up and if I couldn't get results, they couldn't meet payroll. So I literally had to get very, very good at it. And it's amazing, right? If you're, if you're forced to focus on something and, and you're prepared to learn, you can get really, really good at it. So that was kind of the first era. The second era, I then took people like that and helped them franchise or license it around the globe. I spent most of my time talking people out of it because frankly, <laughs> most people shouldn't be a franchise if they're a franchise or a license program or their license program. But for the right people, it's self-funded quantum growth. It's incredible. And so to this day, it's part of our long-term strategy with all of our high-end clients because it's an incredible way to have more impact. You know, my mentor, Jay Abraham said that if you have a product or service that delivers value to the world, you have a moral obligation to reach as many people as possible. I believe that. We have a moral, if we're doing good in the world, we have a moral obligation to reach as many people as possible. And that era taught me how to do that in a self-funding way. It was literally self-funded quantum growth. So that was part of the big takeaway from that 10, 12 year period. And then the last 10 years, uh, I narrowed my audience even more. I now call myself a chief movement maker, chief movement maker. And, and what that means is I help authority entrepreneurs create seven and eight figure movements, seven, eight figure businesses, but it's really a movement around the good they're doing, they're bringing to the world, whatever that happens to be. And in that area, I've learned several things. Number one, you definitely want to do the risk reversal stuff we've talked about today. Absolutely essential. Number two, it's all about the impact the income will follow. 
focus on the impact. And I know you feel the exact same way. That's how we connected. And then we started talking, right? It's yeah. all about the impact, right? Don't focus on the income, focus on the impact. The income is just a measuring stick. Like in our world, it's a direct measuring stick because we get paid when the results come in. There's no question about it. Here you go. By the way, I didn't say this earlier. People are so happy. Like that locksmith way back in the beginning, they're so happy to give you their payments when it's linked to results. It's unbelievable. There's no reluctance. In fact, if they can't for any reason because of cash flow, in advance, they reach out to you. In advance, they say, I need to do this and this and this. I'm so sorry, but can we do this? They, they beg you to let them work out another plan. It's just awesome. As opposed to the other way around, chasing someone for a payment, right? And we've all been there and done that if we've been in business more than a year. Nobody likes to chase people for a payment right? It's the opposite. It's the opposite we want. So those are the three areas of my journey today. It's all about helping people create these global movements. And uh, I love it. I love it. Well, it's really fascinating, actually. And, and um, when you talk about kind of um, that process of somebody almost being grateful for handing over their money, like it's one of the things I get the most enjoyment out of when somebody you know, there's a certain element, like as a coach, you're almost more order taking than you are actually doing sales. But actually when somebody says thank you as to handing over their money, because they know that you, they have to every confidence in your ability to be able to deliver results. And that, that kind of makes me feel, you know, that, that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. And then you get the result for them. And then all of the, con- the, the subsequent, you know, wins that then come out of that in terms of, you know, I've, I've had clients who, um, you know, been able to, they've had babies, they've saved up money for a deposit on a house, they've got married, they've got their first office. And actually those are the things which really fill me up. Yeah. That, that always comes as a consequence of having done everything else in the business right in the first place. Yeah. And that's how we measure impact really in life are some of those benchmarks along the way, right? For sure. And, and you know, like this last COVID crazy year, um, you know, there's been a lot of people who needed our help. And we're fortunate we've been able to do a lot of help to a lot of different people. We've got, uh, I think, 54 countries. We have microloans out right now through Kiva. I mean, there's a bunch of things that we're doing to give back. I I couldn't happen if I was struggling every single day. Talk to to me about the things you're doing to give back, because this is kind of like, this is the real Tom. Like, what does Tom like to do? What what kind of like? I call it strategic philanthropy, Robin. I believe you should do good and make money at the same time, not make money and then do good which is philanthropy. And by the way, good on you if that's your model. Nothing wrong with that. I just find if you do it from the very beginning and build it in, it's way more fun and way more impactful. As we record this, in two days, we're about to launch a massive project in Bangladesh, training what we're calling digital entrepreneurs. We're launching digital entrepreneur academies. We're helping disadvantaged uh, young men and women in Bangladesh Thousands of them will get trained on how to be digital entrepreneurs, and then we'll mar- we'll teach them how to market their products and services to the developed world at great pricing linked to results. We're going to use risk reversal and guaranteed results in their model, and they're going to learn to make the equivalent of a hundred thousand US per person. Wow. Well, guess what? In Bangladesh, that's like three point five million US in US. Like it's a game changer for them and their families. And frankly, for all the people around them. 
And I'm super excited about this because our plan is to actually take this to every developing country around the world over the next few years. We're going to test it in Bangladesh. We're going to get a bunch of it up and running, work with tens of thousands of entrepreneurs there, and then scale it across the globe. And that's our, we have a for-profit and our non-profit. That's one of our non-profits initiatives. It's called the Entrepreneur Empowerment Institute. And our mission there, <laughs> you double big goal, is to reverse the failure rate of small business around the world to reverse the failure rate. Right now, two out of three small businesses fail in the first six years. Two out of three. With all the knowledge and all the wisdom and all Dr. Google can give you and all the money that's out there, two out of three fail. And that's before COVID. That's before COVID. That's like pre-COVID numbers. It's been that way for 20 years. Well, that's ridiculous. No more than one out of three should fail. I mean, there's always going to be some, right? They don't listen. They don't pay attention. They don't listen to their customers. They have a bad idea. They're undercapitalized. And there's always going to be some. I'm not a Pollyanna about that. But it shouldn't be two out of three. It shouldn't be two out of three. Entrepreneurs are the greatest force for good in this planet. You look around, everything useful or valuable in your life, chances are it was sparked by an entrepreneur somewhere right? Whether it's electricity or running water, right? Or the shows you love or the books you read or the things you wear or, you know, the flowers you buy for your significant other. Like there's entrepreneurs involved every step of the way. And uh, sure, there's some bad entrepreneurs out there. Like there's bad every category, but the good ones, you know, we're the greatest force for good on the planet. We're the greatest force for good on the planet. So all of our focus is on helping that out from different areas. We do a lot of microloans with Kiva. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Kiva, look it up, kiva.org, kiva.org. They do loans to uh, primarily women in developing countries to launch businesses based on character, not credit, which is a phenomenal model. I just love it. And uh, they have a higher success rate than loans in Britain or America at banks. Wow. Yeah, because guess what? If you're basing it on character, they're going to pay you back. Yeah. Right? If you're basing it on credit, they may or they may not. <laughs> they may or they may not. Um, so it's uh, it's a pretty cool model. We do a lot of a lot of work in that area. And we run a big summit once a, well, once every two years called the Do Good and Make Money Super Summit. And the next one of those is coming up in February of next year as we record this. Um, and we'll have, you know, I think 40 or 50 speakers all across the globe who literally do good and make money at the same time. And so if you're tuning in and you listen to that, just Google that and follow us and we'll invite you out. Gosh, wow. So you've got, there's a ton of stuff that you're working on and I'm, I'm, uh, we'll share a link to Kiva as well, because I'm always, um, you know, I've, I've looked at says buy one, give one, which I think is kind of similar in terms of that's a giving platform. It's not necessarily a, a sort of. But that is a form of strategic philanthropy. Buy one, yeah. give one is a great form. Tom shoes is a good example of that, right? You buy a pair of shoes and they donate one to kids in need. Yeah. It's a brilliant model. They've sold 350 million pairs of shoes. And Think people about would that. rather probably spend more money on those than they would on like a pair of Nikes or Adidas or something like that. Let's, let's, you know, find the, find the businesses that are doing good in the world. And I, I, I like to think I'm doing my bit. You probably can't see this terribly well, but that bracelet there is um, from Four Ocean. I'm a so, Four Ocean fan. My bracelet's in the other room. Love so, them. There we go. So we, we um, for every client we enroll, we give, um, well, they get a Four Ocean bracelet and we donate um, uh, 20 bucks to, to Four Ocean. So we pull a pound out of the ocean and, 
And that's that's just that's a passion thing for me because yeah, I love they pull a pound of plastic. People, if you don't know this, they don't just pull it. They pull a pound of garbage out of the ocean for every bracelet. It's beautiful. And it, I mean, there's a classic example. It's a for-profit business. They don't even have a nonprofit version. People think it's a a charity or a nonprofit. Uh uh-uh. uh it's a for-profit entity, and they're making money. Yeah. They're making money and they should because they're doing really good work. I think they're now about a quarter million pounds of plastic pulled out of the ocean. More than crazy that. I, think, I think it's significantly more than that now because they've started to build out, um, you know, rather than relying on human beings to go and fish it out of the ocean, they've actually started to build machines, haven't they? Garbage collection, which they can float on the rivers, you know, especially in places around sort of um, uh, Philippines and Indonesia and places like that, you know, whether um, the cities just literally tip it into the rivers and things, they're catching it before it actually gets out into the ocean. So more of that, please, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the type of uh, businesses we want, right? We want, we. I mean, we want, oh, here it is. I'm on their site. Oh my God. Yeah, 11.7 million pounds. Here we go. 11.7, where was I get 250,000 pounds that's from? Normal. I mean, that, that's- it must, have been, it must have been a month contest they were running. Because yeah, 11.78 million since like 2017. Five, that's five, only in four years. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's so inspiring. Holy cow. Love it. So we're doing a little bit. Listen, we're, we're kind of coming towards the end of the, um, the episode. And I know you've got a hard stop in a moment. So two very quick questions. So we've got the, you've got the um, Strategic Alliance Summit coming up in January. Tell everybody quickly about that in 60 seconds. You, you bet. You bet. Uh, one of the fastest ways to grow a business is with other people helping you right? We call it strategic alliances, right? So this is a strategic alliance on a podcast, a Facebook live interview, right? I'm getting a platform. I'm helping you with content. We're both benefiting and our tribes benefit, right? That's a strategic alliance. Typically we look for a triple win, right? You win, we win, and the client wins, or you win, we win, the planet wins. We just did that with our infomercial on Four Ocean, right? Four, the number four, fourocean.com. Get your bracelet, <laughs> right? So, so that's a strategic alliance. So we were doing live strategic alliance events for five years. We get people together. They fly in from around the world, a hand-curated small group of two, three, four dozen people. And this year with COVID, we can't do that. So we thought, well, then why go small? Why go hand curated? Let's let's swing for the swing for the stars. So we're going to have over a thousand people coming. It's going to be the world's largest deal making event. Three days in January, the first week of January, and it's no speakers, no trainers, no. It's all deal making. You'll meet more people in three days than you'll probably meet all the rest of 2021. Some of which will do content swaps with you. Some of which will do uh, book you on their shows for podcast interviews. Some of which might invest in your company. Some of which might go on your board of directors. Some of which might promote your offers. Some of which you'll do all of the same. And we decided to, if we're going to really impact people, we'll make the event free. So the entire thing is free. We used to charge 5000 a ticket for the live event. This one's free. And uh, the link will be on the broadcast here. We've got a link for you guys. If you're tuning in, you'll see it. If you're watching the replay, you'll see the link down below. <clears throat> if it's before the first week of January, 2021, you can join us, but we'll be doing it on a regular basis going forward. Cause we've had such a great response that I think we're going to run it maybe three times a year in a virtual setting and still do our high end live ones. Once we're allowed to connect, you know, human to human again. <laughs> 
God, I miss those days. Hey, listen, um, uh, what I'll also do is, I, so I'll share a link to that in the um, show notes too for the podcast when it goes out to awesome. iTunes. And I'll pop links on there to all of your social media profiles. We've got LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, I think that Instagram and your, your websites as well. I've got one question though, Tom, just to close out the interview, if that's okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we're going to jump into the fearless business time machine. Um, it's better than the DeLorean and Back to the Future, by the way. Uh, fewer Iranians with guns. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, my hair doesn't stand up well, yeah. so I can't do that anyhow. Uh, uh, yeah. So um, you get to punch in the date that we're going to go back to. But you're going to have a quick word with yourself, T minus X number of years. When would it be and what would you say? Oh, I go back to 1980 when I started my first business. It was a DJ service called uh, After Eight Music Services. And that was my very first business of the 187 or so that I've done. Uh, I would definitely, if I was going back, I'd go right back to the start, baby. If I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go time travel, I'm going to go back to the start of my first business and give advice there. Yeah. Is that, is that the idea? What, you get, give it, what advice? Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say the... Uh, the risk reversal stuff is great, but we spend the whole show talking about it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, that's always part of my advice. I give every young group of entrepreneurs, but the second is this, nobody wants your stuff. Nobody wants your products. Nobody wants your services. Nobody wants it. What they want is what your stuff will get them. So now I call that outcomes. Some people call that, benefits. Some people call that applied benefit of the benefits really better. Think of it as outcomes, right? If you're selling a coaching service, they don't want your coaching service. They want more sales, more clients, more peace of mind, whatever it is, less weight, right? They don't even want less weight. They want what happens when they have less weight in their life on the other side of the product or services. And the earlier in my business career that I would have learned that, the less drama there would have been on some of those businesses because for years I was selling the stuff. I was selling the stuff, not even, you know, I then would learn features and benefits. I thought I was got really advanced. Uh, I was selling, you know, like in uh, the simple example is a drill bit, right? What is a drill bit? What are you selling with a, let's say it's a quarter inch drill bit. What are you selling? Well, people would say the drill bit, it's tungsten, it's this, it's that. No, no. And But what are you going to do with it? Well, I used to say quarter-inch holes on demand, right? Quarter-inch holes whenever I want. Well, that's the benefit. But really, it's having my painting hung up on the wall where I want it. Or having my mirror safely hung up on the wall, right? Or being able to attach something that improves the quality of my life. Think in outcomes, that's the advice I'd give my young self. You know, I, can, I, can go, I can go a couple of layers deeper than that as well on that. So it's Please. not about the hole or the rule plug to stick in the hole. It's not even about the picture that you stick in the hole. It's actually about what that picture represents. And this particular picture, my grandfather and I drew when I was six years old and we pretended we were art critiques. And we used to roll around on the floor in fits of giggles and laughter with this game that we used to play, but he died recently and he left it to me in his will. Wow. And that's, that's the true value proposition. If you can manage to articulate your value, the results which you deliver to that, like going seven layers deep, yeah. um, that's where the magic really happens and you really understand your business and your clients. Yeah, and, and, and that the questioning tool that leads to that type of amazing answer from Robin, if you're tuning in, is, and what does that mean to you? And what does that mean to you? 
And what if you're in rapport, you can go five, six, seven layers deep. And eventually you're going to get to the core essence of their humanity. You're going to get to the core essence of their humanity. And that's really the game we're playing, right? That's really the game we're all playing is to, is to figure out or the core essence of our humanity and live it to its fullest wherever we can. And you may think, no, I'm just selling them some soup. No, you're not selling them some soup. You're not just selling fuel. They could eat a power bar if they wanted just fuel. God knows how chalky those things taste, <laughs> right? You're not selling that. It was soup. I mean, it's a perfect example, right? You're selling this emotional connection to grandma. For most of us, yeah. right? most of us, soup, our good memories of soup comes from our grandma or our mom or someone like that that cared about us because soups take a lot of freaking effort. You guys know if you make them, how much effort they take to be good. If you, especially if you've grown your own vegetables as well and yes. pulled them out of the ground, cleaned them. Yes. Uh, you know, boiled them up. Use the bones, right? Yeah. And all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah so I love that. I, I, I appreciate the extra layers of nuance there. Um, and that, you know, to, to, the, to the newer entrepreneurs, the more you can incorporate and figure out what you're truly selling, the easier it is you can have the impact that you want to make in the world. Because you wouldn't be listening this far into this conversation if you didn't want to make a difference in the world. You wouldn't. You would have tuned out. Like, oh, yeah, I've heard that, whatever. Okay, boom. But if you're still listening at this point, it's because you want to make a difference in the world. You want to make some impact. You want to have a far bigger influence in your audience in the work that you're doing than you currently do. And so definitely get out there, uh, practice strategic risk reversal, put it into practice, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know how it works. Send me a message. Send me a message. You will be absolutely blown away by how much more impact and influence you get and income. I put it into practice. So thank you, Robin, for this time. I really appreciate it. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've kept you longer than we'd actually planned for because I think you're late for your meeting now, Tom, but um, hopefully it's going to be worthwhile and we're going to get uh, lots of people messaging you on LinkedIn, I'm sure. Uh, we'll also make sure that we do um, share the link to the Strategic Alliance Summit. Everybody go and check that out. Uh, and if you also want to know more about Fearless Business um, as well, do go and check out fearless.biz. You'll find links to the previous podcast episodes on there too. Other great experts alongside Tom. Um, we look forward to catching up with you soon. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. 